37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Hello friends and welcome to 37 Disney Street. This week, we're taking a look at a film that even an Adam West cameo couldn't save. Classic number 45, 2005's Chicken Little. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm Chris Fletcher. The sky's falling, the sky's falling, I'm Lucy Rain. Today is a new day. Hello children, I'm Hugh Rain. Well, Hi guys. Chris, you've never <laughs> nailed your colours to the mast in your pre-written intro before. That was, that was quite something. I haven't. I know. I always try to be impartial um, and, uh, and leave people guessing. But do you know what? You're as impartial uh, as Fox News. I thought, yeah. I just thought, do you know what, this time, um, for all the effort that this film's made, that's how much effort I'm going to make today as well. So, uh, so here I am. Dry burn, Chris. Interesting. Dry burn. Interesting. Yeah. So, how are we? As in, well, good. I, Chris, have you noticed there's a bit of a, a feeling in the air of spring? Yeah, it's just slightly milder outside, at? isn't it? Lucy's laughing. You look so sincere, <laughs> and you never look sincere when you said that. <laughs> I went out in my summer jacket today, Hugh. Yeah. I yeah. didn't wear a coat in the car. We did gardening this weekend as well. Uh, yeah, you, people starting to garden and it's making me like get anxious that I haven't gardened. Well, I, I, you know, I've still got to deadhead some things from last autumn. <laughs> yeah, we we have a bit of that as well. But I need your advice on my lawn because my lawn's uh, um, it seems to be, have suffered a bit over the winter, and I'm a little bit disappointed. So. Easy, Chris. Give it mm. a cut. Three days later, get evergreen, extreme green on it. What about weeds, Hugh? What about weeds? You what about established to, weeds? Just have to keep on top of them, mate. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Get That's out there. That's all right. Every, every couple of days, get out there. I guess I can do that. I'm sure I can manage that. <laughs> Thanks, Hugh. Thanks. Do we, do, we need, do we need a jingle for your uh, your lawn bits? Lawn chat? No, please, God. That would mean we have to talk about it more often. I love it. No, 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 no. Shall we, should we do some... Should we, should we do some research? Go on, come on. We, we if, if we can't facts. talk about gardens anymore, then I suppose some we should, facts. yeah. It's time to dig a leaper to learn some Disney stuff. Dig a leaper, no, we ain't dug this far enough. Dig a leap into the facts, we'll find out what we need. Okay, well, first of all, we usually say, had anyone seen this before? No. Yes, I had. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going I'm to say afterwards about it. Okay, I believe I may have been in a building or a room when this was on. <laughs> I certainly had never sat down and had my eyes glued to the screen to watch it. It may have just been somewhere in the background. Okay, so this was released on November the 4th, 2005. It was released mm-hmm. in Disney Digital 3D. Wow. Yes, I know, wow. It's the future. Do you know what it's based on? Well, Gee, I, is it, I was going to ask this. It's a famous book, isn't it? Kind of. Is it a book or is it it's a story, isn't it? It's a tale. Chicken Little, isn't it? Mm. It's Chicken Licking or Chicken Licking. Henny Penny. Yeah. yeah, and they're both basically the same thing. I yeah. have not made that <clears throat> connection at all. Oh, you not? So this and is you not? It's an Anglo-Saxon fairy tale. No, I don't really. Don't, don't they call it Chicken Little in America? Though I thought they did. I thought that was a. I think they do. Yeah, having I, I had to then go and read the Wikipedia page on Henny Penny and found mm. out it's also called Chicken Licking and chi- mm. Chicken I Little. I forgot it was little. Chicken Licking. Had you? Yeah, I mean, I do know that, but I'd forgotten it. I think in the UK it's most commonly known as Henny Penny. Right. I, I, knew, I knew it as Chicken Licking. You knew it as Chicken Licking. If I Henny knew Penny it, was one of the other characters. Oh, okay. I don't. I, I was never really subject to this as a child, so it's not something. Oh I'm no! Well, with. no, that's what I was going to say because I'm aware of the story and I know the phrase "the sky's falling." But uh, I was going to ask you guys, like, have you ever read it? Because I always got the impression it was maybe an American thing, maybe not. 
No, I don't think so. I think it's a Brothers Grimm thing, but I think before it was a Brothers Grimm thing, it was a traditional Anglo-Saxon story mm. that goes I've, back. I've never read a book of it, I don't think. It's just a story, that story what I know. Passed me by. Yeah. Uh, we it, Well, as a kid, it was one of my favourite stories, I would say. Really? Really, yeah. It's something that I used to really like, which is why I was really looking forward to this film as a concept. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this, well, it's the second time that Disney has adapted it because in World War Two they a- adapted it as a propaganda film. Mm. I'd like, I'd like <laughs> right. to see that. Well, it, the the bombs are falling. The bombs well, are falling. The tale being the danger of um, mass hysteria. I think that's what what was the idea. That's why it became a propaganda film. Fun. Interesting. Fun. Uh, yeah. Very <laughs> apt at the moment, perhaps. Anyway. So Mark Dingle, Din, Dindle, I'm going to call him Dingle again. <laughs> Off of Emmerdale. I know. Mark Dindle of Emperor's New Groove directed this. Um, and it was originally, the original concept was going to have a female chicken um, mm. who was a preteen who went mm. to summer camp um, and she was all doom and gloom. And then, so nobody ever listened to her. And then she found mm-hmm. out that her camp counsellor, who was going to be voiced by Penn from Penn and Teller. Chris is laughing at camp counsellor. I was a little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wondered where you were going with it. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, was uh, plotting something against the town. Michael Eisner suggested that the chicken become male because he said, when you're little and you're male... You get picked on. Fair enough, Michael Eisner. I don't okay. know if you've, you've got a history you want to talk about with someone. Um, and then David, David Staten took over um, midway through production as president of Feature Animation. And he asked for there to be a rewrite. He said something was lacking. Mark Dindle, mm-hmm. Dindle in this instance, <laughs> was very happy to rewrite. He said it took us about two and a half years um of rewrites and storyboardings and concepts um, till we could tweak the story to the one we're happy with, which mm-hmm. added lots of drama, suspense and character development. He thought a lot of himself, didn't he? <laughs> right, Zach Braff voiced Chicken Little. Yeah. Um, 40 actors auditioned, but he slightly slightly pitch-shifted his voice to sound younger and they liked what he did. He <laughs> Yeah. Be- what? Okay. No, okay. They didn't pitch shift it. He he just went up a little bit. He did a little bit of a... Hmm. Because... A Michael Crawford with it. He is high-pitched, but he's not like... There are bits where he just sounds like a bloke. He did just sound like a 30-year-old man. Yeah. But we'll talk yeah. about that later. We will. We will. Um, so he Michael Crawford did it. Yeah. Uh, did he? Like he, said, he said, The sky is falling. <laughs> I don't know what to do, he's just falling on my head. <laughs> Amongst other people, um, for the part of, I haven't written it down, Ugly Duck, someone mallard. Oh, um, uh, G- what's she called? Gertie, is it? No. G- um, Penny mallard. Abby mallard. Abby mallard. Ab- Amongst other people, they considered Madonna and Helen Hunt, but eventually went with Joan Cusack. Gary Marshall, do you know who Gary Marshall is? I do know the name. Tell me. He uh, conceived of um, Happy Days. Oh, And, and I okay. believe he was in Happy Days. Uh-huh, okay. Um, he was the, uh, the, I don't know. Dad. The dad, yeah. What? I think, I don't oh, know. Right, I no, recognise the, the Jewish say, dad. I was going to say, not in Happy Days. Right. No. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was book cluck. And um, he direct, he's directed loads of really famous comedies as well. Uh-huh. Um, but they they wanted him in it, and his response was, I don't do voices, you're going to have a chicken who sounds like me, or you're not having anything. <laughs> so he's a, Well, that he's didn't a come across at all. <laughs> I say that, but, like, uh, I don't know, well, I, maybe we wouldn't get onto this later, so it might be worth mentioning it now, but I remember listening to his voice and thinking... Um, he is doing a really good job of emoting, whereas a lot of famous uh, actors that they bring to do voices, they just sound like they're kind of reading from a script. And they're forgetting to act while they're in the booth. I'll and give he you that. is acting. Even okay, though he's not I'll doing a voice, that. he is acting. And I, and I liked his performance. Mm. There, put Sorry. the pencil down. Good. However, and this is the only time 
uh, Disney have done this for an uh, English-speaking market. In Australia, they got an actor called Mark Mitchell to dub it so that it's an Australian dad. Don't know why. They've but never... everyone else is American. A, yeah. Yeah, Nobody none of figures. Yeah. Great, it's, a it's a decision. It's a way to go. So, I, wonder yeah, if, so I wonder if uh, if we'd picked the Australian version on Disney Plus, we could have watched it with with that voice. That would be interesting. Mm. And I like you, Hugh. I thought it was a really good performance from the dad as well. So I don't <clears> think <throat> it was done in a dismissive way. Maybe mm. it was just too New York. Anyway, this is the bit that matters in my mind. It was the first three D project, compute, fully computer animated three D project other than Dinosaur, which had been done by a satellite company mm-hmm. um, that Disney had done through Disney Feature Animation. It was released, I've already said, in uh, November 2005. Cars was due for release in June 2006. And Cars what marked the end of Disney's contract with Pixar. They'd got a contract for how many films that was and Cars was going to be the last one. And they were in the process of renegotiating that contract. And a lot of it rested on how well Chicken Little did because they needed to prove to Pixar that they could do uh, computer animation just as well as they could Mm. in a kind of we don't need you, get a good deal thing. And Pixar needed Chicken Little to fail so that they could do a look, you can't do it, you need us kind of thing. So it was very, very, very pivotal in that respect. Um, They hired from within. They they hired 50% from their uh, 2D animation talent um, and then put them through an intense 18-month training program to turn all the 2D animators into 3D animators. Um, Mm -hmm. But being coming from the 2D world, they wanted to make a connection and one way they did it was the inspiration for the staging, colouring and theatrical lighting um, came from Mary Blair. They had a lot of Mary Blair artwork up there as concept art. Did you spot that? No. No, neither did I, but it was there. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Well, there was a lot we'll of colour and light. Yeah. We'll get on to it. Get <laughs> yeah. on to it. Um, and that is pretty much, until I get on to box office stuff, and the the nail biter as to whether or not Pixar would leave Disney. Um, that's all, all I got. That's all she wrote. Right, Chris is Chris. Listeners is sat in front of a uh, a Disneyland Paris fleece blanket, and we've got one <laughs> behind us as well, which we've been using the show. But Chris this week decided to put his up as well, so we all matched. I did, but he's sat exactly uh, in oh, front of. Um, <laughs> is that Minnie behind you? So he's yeah, got it's Mickey. You've, oh, it's the earful it, it, tower. It's the earful tower. So he's got two little ears, and he's perfect. I'm just. I've got to take a picture of it, Chris. Oh, can okay. You, can you screenshot it? You can screenshot. I do. Win, press your screenshot button. It's very, very far away. I, I can't reach. I'm what? going to take, I'm going to take a picture. Right. Anyway, but I want to say, I uh, as I take this picture, I have seen this before a while ago, uh, a couple of years ago, maybe. Oh, what's going on there? And um, I was pleasantly surprised. And this time I was looking forward to seeing it again because I was like, I remember actually quite enjoying it and thinking it was a nice, sweet little film. And do you know what? I enjoyed it again. Uh-huh. Oh, do you know, you really faked us out then, Hugh. I thought you were going to tip the other way. No. Uh, Interesting. And the fact that it's CG and it's the first one, even though it's not like the, like a, a glowing example of the finest CG, it just feels fresh suddenly that we're looking at a CG film having reviewed all these 2D mm. films um, actually do you know what I've written in my notes I'd said here I just want to get this out there right away I love this film wow now in retrospect I'm not sure if I do love it but I do really like it wow wow indeed it's just got quality a... it's pleasant well this film is not for me I'm I'm just going to say that straight away. I've always had a thing about uh, stories, uh, films about animals that don't need to be animals and are wearing human clothing and are bipedal and the feathers work like fingers and stuff like that. I just find it annoying. 
that goes right back to like Robin Hood but I've got such a tender place in my heart for Robin Hood that I don't mind it but stuff like <laughs> Goofy Movie and things like that it, it really annoys me now I really am not very aware of the chicken licking story and I didn't know there was a connection I suppose knowing there is excuses it somewhat um, but I just thought that decided they really wanted to make a story about this world where lots of strange animals live together but don't behave like the animals are meant to behave like. Anyway, so that's started off on a wrong foot for me. But it's it's a very action-packed, um, story-packed, emotion-packed kind of romp and it just didn't appeal to me. I don't. I don't care enough. It didn't appeal to me particularly. I don't like the characters enough. Now I'm going to be fair on the rest of it, but I'm just going to say it's fine. You might like it. It's not for me. I'm just. Well, I'm, t- I'm tweeting this picture for you, Chris, under the hashtag okay. so people can find it. Thirty-seven Disney Street, earful. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's Very uh, good. Is it earful? How oh, is earful? Is it? E a r f u l. F u l. Yeah. I would say yeah. That's how I would spell it. Um, so for me, uh, I like chicken licking as a story. I always like chicken licking. And so I was looking forward to seeing how they were going to do it. And the answer to that ended up very quickly being by not really doing it. And uh, so I went into it thinking, I want to enjoy this. Um, not least because this is that period of time where everything's a little bit horrible. Oh, I just throw my mic on the floor, uh, where where everything's a little bit unknown and, and horrible and rough around the edges, and and so I desperately want to enjoy these things because maybe it's a hidden gem. I don't know, but it, yeah, I, I just wasn't blown away by it at all. That that's an understatement right from the beginning. Well, so let's let's go on to the story then. No, no, no. no we don't go to the story, kids, kids. Ooh. watched chicken little but i didn't even know we were doing it for the podcast i just thought we were watching it so it's about a chicken and he asked his dad if he could go do baseball and he did it and third time hit it and he made them win when he wanted to not tell his dad something he would say what are we talking about and then something came out and the sky was the sky. There was a spaceship then, but no one believed him. And then he got Abby Mallard fish out of water and a pig, I don't know what his name is, and they helped him know why it was until fish underwater went on it and he made it fly and then he went somewhere and then they found a massive spaceship and they saw that it was like destroying planets and next he was going to Earth and then he just had Venus and Mercury left. He had to ring the bell to let everybody know and he also had to bring the baby alien back to the alien parents. Um, Sometimes in cartoons people can say nice things to each other and the other characters are watching thinking, oh hello, it's the end of the world. And then Kirby went back to his mum and dad and then he was saying they're telling the truth and then they let them go. The alien dad has a Mickey watch, but the Mickey on the watch has got three eyes. The end. My favourite bit is when the baby alien tries to say what he wants, but then Chicken Little's dad is like, what do you want, what do you want, do you want this, do you want this, do you want this... Like a real-life baby. My favourite bit was the start. My favourite bit was when they were in the death ray bit and there was, like, nine big eyes. My favourite character is the pig because he's very funny. My favourite character was probably Kirby. Those three aliens, Colby, one of them is Colby, Tino... And what? There's a song called the It's the End of the World That We Know It But then I thought it was a really grim song uh, I don't really like any of the songs So the headmaster was Rex 
Abimelad was dressy. I would give it a three out of five. I would give it a four out of five. Uh, a five out of six. No, 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 a five out of uh, seven. So Bonnie didn't have a lot to say about that. Lucas had everything to say about it. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, uh, I, I cut out quite a lot of the... Because he he, um, he literally sometimes takes us through beat by beat every, every second of the detail. beat. Every detail, um, yeah. Which is um, very thorough. It uh, is. But I thought, you know, I just, just in the name of speed, I'd take some of that out and just get the broad sweeps from the children. <laughs> I, I don't blame you for doing that. It, it does... Sometimes he just wants to talk and talk and talk. And other times, <laughs> I, it's like getting blood from a stone. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like that with Bonnie at the moment. But especially with this, I don't... Was she engaged with it? I don't remember particularly. No, not really. We watched mm. this actually uh, on Thursday, which is longer th- a longer gap, you know, till Sunday. So it's getting a bit hazy now as like to what was happening yeah. in the house at the time we are watching it. So it's time to discuss how the story goes, I know. It can't be worse than Oliver and Coke. Um, I liked the, like, now we're talking about this being CG, and they do make a fresh start by the kind of, they take the mick out of classic intros. Mm. So there's a, like two or three false starts, you know, and then they do the Lion King start, and they're like, no, that's already been done. Um so already it's starting to feel like they're kind of wiping the slate clean and going, that was then, this is now. Yeah, that's when they lost me. That that bit right then was like, oh, for God's sake, why are you doing this? Yeah. Hmm. Why? Why? This is awful. We're going to do things differently. Yeah, great. Brilliant. Um, yeah. It didn't, make, it didn't make me raise the edges of my mouth at all. It was like, all right. No, it wasn't funny. <laughs> no. But that, and this is a problem for me with this film. Well, one of the problems with me for this film is... From a, from a gag's point of view, it's trying so hard and there is so much miss. There's a few bits that are funny, but there are an awful lot of one-liners that just do not land. I bet that worked in the cinema, though, when the Lion King mm. music kicked in. I bet I bet it was funny with a bunch of people. You know. Ten years after the film's been... But, was, but yeah, was it, is, it is quite gag-heavy, isn't it? it? Yeah. I liked some of the uh, little asides that the characters had. Uh, you know, it got some chuckles out of me. Wasn't the funniest thing though. <laughs> I I didn't find it funny, and and like it jumps straight into the chicken licking story, and straight away debunks it and says, "No, that's not what we're doing." Um, and, so and just clarify for me, Chris. I've, like I say, I had to do some research this afternoon because I didn't know the chicken licking story. Is that an acorn does fall on the chicken licking's yeah. head? And then he tells everyone the sky's falling in. It's a yeah, little... one at a time. They go and see people. They go yeah. and see chick, uh, Henny Penny and. And blah 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 blah, turkey lurkey, and then foxy loxy eats them all. Basically, That's right? Story. Okay, so it, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit boy cried wolf, but instead of not believing them, everyone believes him, and yeah. so it's a mass hysteria thing. Yeah, so right, um, so they did that. Oh, so the sky really was falling in this time. The sky yeah. was actually. Well, yeah. And the reason they couldn't find it was because it was off an alien ship and it and it was a cloaking device and when it landed on the floor, presumably, it was cloaking the floor so they just couldn't see it. I, like, normally when, when they take a small story and they have to, like, expand it and make it epic, I go, oh, God, boring. But something about this story, and this is why I like it, is they managed to do that but still keep it small scale and it's still, it's just in it's just in the town and it's all, like, takes place in a house in the town centre. And I actually like the, the idea of uh, it being a bit of a spacecraft I thought it was quite yeah. quite a neat thing to do because even when it happened and I've seen it before, I was thinking, "Hang on, what what is that? Are they in some kind of globe?" And I remembered, "Oh, it's a spaceship," and then it flies off. And see, it's, that he's quite it, smart. It, I, I did like the small town feel of the film. That mm. that is one of the few things I can say I liked. I liked it visually. I liked the fact that it was a bit hill valley, a little bit. You know, there, there was something that that really kind of worked about that. But the point when we found out there were aliens for me, I was just. Yeah, of course, of course, there are aliens. Of course, because that's what we need now. Let's let's just bring a load of spaceships in and some weird aliens, and that's going to make it better. And then terrible gag about about the cornfields and crop circles, and it just felt like it was just trying so hard for me, and it just every single bit of it just missed with me, completely I, missed. I did 
um, feel the frustration. I've said I didn't engage with anyone, but I did feel the frustration from Chicken Little at not being believed. Like when he when he's going to the um, baseball pitch and the the aliens are leaving, but he really needs everyone to see them, and then they don't mm, get there yeah. and, and all that. I feel, Ooh, a penny. I feel that frustration. Um, the, it's, it's when it gets to the very very messy alien invasion that it loses me the most. I did like the small town feel. Um, I, I got frustrated at the dad. I know what they were trying to do, and then they have a big revelation at the end, and then the end, everything's okay and healthy again. But I don't enjoy watching those dysfunctional relationships, well, particularly. What was this thing about the trust in that, though? Like, the whole thing about, I don't, I don't trust you, now I do trust you, now you've done something stupid again, I'll believe you or whatever, now I don't believe you, it's belief, isn't it? And then at the end he says... I can do this myself on the top of the on the top of this tower. I can do this myself. You have to believe me. What I don't mm. understand why that is what he has to believe mm. at that point in time. After after getting him up onto that roof, at that point he's like, "No, you can't do this on your own." Therefore, I'm going to somehow ten, tenuously tie this back to this whole thing about belief and me trusting what you say is true. When in actual fact, you're talking about taking a big risk, and your dad saying, "Yeah, go on, you go ahead and risk your life there, climbing up a, a roof." That's also one of those annoying Hollywood moments where a character says, "No." I can do this, and you mm. think, well, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that for a fact, would no. you? Like, how does and, he know he can do it? That kind of if, disappoints me when I ever hear that. <laughs> if he has to take, if like his plan, it's not that someone's, it's not that an alien said to him, "You bring it to the, t- bring, bring that little kid, alien, bring yeah. it to the top of this thing and hand it to us, and that's it, game over, we've sawed." So when he gets trapped thing. by three aliens, like he's in a cage, and they've got it in their hands, yeah. if all they want is to take that alien back, why didn't they just take it and go? Mm. Like mm. that whole bit for me, just it was just too much. There and there's an awful lot about of that. it being like that specific. They had to take it back to that specific ship. Like maybe the the uh, the sort of tripod type aliens didn't understand that because they weren't from that specific ship or something. But then but why yeah, were they there, it, just it was blindly bit, following? Yeah, it was a bit unclear. Uh, also, yes. um, but Bonnie, she, she made, made the point in that in the kids' section, I don't think she was as clear as when she actually said it on the day when we watched it, but you know when someone's having like a heart-to-heart mm. and everything stops, and Bonnie was basically going, you know, the, uh, all the other characters there witnessing that little conversation and going, uh, guys, the world's ending, can we get on? And I just thought it was a funny observation, but she didn't quite <laughs> get that across in the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Mm. There's a lot of bits, isn't there, when when the the town goes into complete and utter chaos, and they must have like five or six times used a shot where uh, characters go dashing across diagonally across the screen and out and out of view in front of you. Mm. Presumably because it was three D, they were trying to get an effect out there, but mm. it 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 was a bit. Um, I don't know. It just it seems so busy on screen at times and and just a bit chaotic. I yeah, don't know. Mm. I, <laughs> I just I don't have a lot of like particularly great points. I just didn't enjoy it. I just thoroughly I did think, not enjoy it. Yeah, it's. I think maybe I'm being harsh on it than I should be because it, it it's very watchable. I can see how kids can like it. It's very. I just I think it missed the mark on the the message. Really, I don't think the message was clear, and where it was clear, it was too heavy-handed, like the father-son relationship thing. Um, where, where was the morals? Because it did turn more into Boy Who Cried Wolf than Chicken Licking, the way that you described it. Yeah, it, it. did. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely did, yeah. Because it was, oh no, the sky really was falling in and there was not There was a problem. I, it's, I, I found it very confused. Very does, confused. There have to be, does there have to be a moral, though? Can it just be a, a fun adventure, sci-fi okay. romp, romp? I don't know. I Could suppose be. so. It did. He didn't set it up like it wasn't going to be going to have that though. He, he, I don't know. It, it feels like it was setting it up to have heart, but then it didn't. Mm. It didn't I, have that there. It was missing. Do you know what had heart for me though? And this is why I like it so much. Is I just love Chicken Little. He's so cute, and I like Zach Braff's voice. Even yes. though, even though it, you know mm. it is a bit deep at times, it is really cute. And, I uh, think he's miscast. I was just, I was, I was, you know, you know, he's playing baseball and he's, he's, uh, you know, he's on two strikes. I was willing him to hit that, and I was going, "Come on, you can do it!" And I got quite into it. I've not been so into something since uh, Mike Wazowski in Monsters University. Uh, oh, I can't wait to do that one. <laughs> anyway, we'll Let, let's um, let's say that that 
you're all right with the film as it starts and and you know you you get on with the, the whole opening absolutely fine you don't mind the fact that you know the they labour the whole fact that he's a chicken and this chewing gum stuck to his leg and why? how did the chewing gum cross the road kind of joke thrown in there just for a bit of fun. And, you, and you're still on board with it at that point. The moment when you learn the names of some of these characters, runt of the litter and fish out <laughs> oh, of water, runt, do you not just I automatically like say, please, what? Did, was there nobody in the office the day when they decided to pick names for these characters? Mm. It's just bad. Mm. That that honestly, that was the point when it lost me. I was like, I don't, why? Why <laughs> is there a fish with a with a uh, a helmet on with water in it? Why? There was, there why? was a couple of good it's gags that visual, did, visual that did make me chuckle with the fish, um, but not enough. The, I didn't like the run to the litter or the Abby Mallard character. I don't see. I don't see why. To the child audience, you want to highlight um, things that get people bullied. Do you know what I mean? And then, mm. and then the film do it as well. And I know there's meant to be some redemption there, but I just, I, I didn't like that. Now I will tell you what I did like. I did like the void at the end, where you've got the the three three alien family and they hope oh, I get to use my big voice and all that. I found that quite. They were really nice when they appealed to, appeared to you. I like the way the three eyes moved around. I thought that was a good. It felt mm. like they got some some material left over from Monsters Inc. Yeah. At uh, Pixar, and they said, "Do you want? Do you want to use some of these ideas here?" And and just kind of slotted in because that was the one bit to me that felt totally out of place for the rest of the film for me. I I didn't I quite liked those aliens when they were there at the end, and there was a load of them. I just thought, why don't mm. we have more of that? Why don't we have more it of that? It felt a bit Douglas Adams be... Yeah, yeah, it really mm. did. That that bit at the end where the Hollywood version of the story, I was quite yeah. enjoying it, but then he, it went on for quite a long time. Yeah, it really did, didn't it? It was like an extra bit, and then one more bit after that, and I was like, is this still going on? And there felt like a bit, like... Um, where they're on the ship and he kind of puts his shades on and I can't remember what he says. He doesn't say it's showtime, but he basically goes, it's showtime. And I thought that would be a good place to stop it. But then mm-hmm. they kind of do the whole thing and then it shows him in the cinema and uh, I was like, oh, that was a shame because that was funny. Jogged it out. And then, of course, they also had to add some sentiment into it and, and bring Abby and Chicken Little together over popcorn as well in that scene mm. because, like, you know... There's a there's a girl and a boy in it, so you know. They even have though to they've, fall in even love though they've the already end. kissed, mm. <laughs> you know they've already mm. done that, but they're still kind of suggesting, oh, that will they? Won't they? Come on, they will do. Um, Did you see who Foxy Loxy was? Uh, I can't remember. It was Amy Sedaris. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Who is yeah. Amy Sedaris? She's um, oh, what's she called? Violet. She's in uh, no. Mandalorian. Um, she's she, on, <laughs> she's the one who looks I'm, after the child. I'm thinking. Um, of Pe- oh, is it Mo- yeah. Motta, Pelly? Is it Pelly? I know who you mean. Cute round face, quite small. I'm getting a mix up with Sarah Vowell. Um, oh, okay. Uh, no, I don't know. She, she's the one who she's the one who looks after the child in the first series oh, when yeah, he's on yeah, yeah. on uh, with the frizzy hair. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. I will say, as much as I do enjoy this film, I just, I just find it just, it's just an easy little watch is where it was for me. But um, it doesn't feel. Here's the thing: it doesn't feel remotely Disney. Uh, in no. fact, I, we saw Paranorman not so long ago, maybe Halloween. I, I can't remember. Um, and I was mixing it up with Paranorman. It has that same small town you know, something's going on, we need to solve this mystery type of thing. Uh, and then also maybe, maybe I'm mixing it with Stuart Little, getting it mixed yeah, in the, there as well. Yeah, I get um, that. And it's just an odd thing for them to do, you know, launching their CG, like, career, Chicken Little doesn't, doesn't well, feel right. This is, this... They, they really needed at this point to put their brand on CG they needed a, a traditional Disney princess film, and clearly they've decided, consciously decided, they're going the complete opposite direction with this. Mm. It, they've, they've not even tried to sort of get that nineties Disney 
brand come back the way that we know they eventually do do with Tangled and Frozen and so on. Um, when is Princess and the Frog? Uh, it's very soon. Yeah, um, one, two, three, maybe four more films. Yeah, we've that. Got, so it'd be 2009, maybe 2008. The Wild, Meet the Robinson. We've got The Wild Bolt, Meet the Robinsons, and then is it t- and then is it Frog Princess? I think it's then, then it's Frog Princess. Sounds about right, doesn't it? Oh, is, oh, when is Winnie the Pooh after it? Or before it? Oh, we've got another Winnie the Pooh to do. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With everyone's favourite um, uh, narrator, John Cleese, I believe, as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is how different the Disney Pixar relationship would have been if this had been a different movie. What if instead of this, because it's a similar sort of world, did it come straight out with Zootopia? Yeah. yeah. Bang. There you go. Or <laughs> Meet the Robinsons, even. I haven't seen that I, either. I haven't seen that. See, I, I really like Meet the Robinsons. That's going to be interesting. Mm. Right. Um, We've gone off this, so shall we score the story? What do you think? Yeah, but can I just say before we do, yeah. I really hated the, <laughs> the way that Runt of the Litter um, kept just talking song lyrics all the time. That was uh, Phoebe's husband. It's really annoying. The ice skater. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Still annoying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, let's score it. <laughs> I um I'm going to give it a six. Now it was watchable and I was interested in what happened next, but I think there were serious flaws in sympathy and empathy and, and characters. Um, that didn't work, but there were some funny moments. Um, so yeah, six. I just, I just found it enjoyable, even though I've not probably done a really good job of selling it. I just, I thought the character was cute, um, and there is a lot to be said for me, at least, about something being quaint and small scale and an easy watch, and it's eighty-one minutes. So I could happily pop this on again. I've given it an eight. I uh, fell asleep watching it. Um, when we watched it um, initially. And uh, before I fell asleep, I'd written down a score for the story with 40 minutes left to go. And the score, store, the score that I had given it was a one. Oh, now, Christopher. Now, in all fairness, after that point in time, it's taken all my effort to sit down and watch the rest of that film. But I have done it. And I think the second half of the film is worse than the first half of the film. But I think I might be a little bit harsh. But Runt of the Litter and Fish Out of Water are terrible, terrible names for characters. Um, It's not a funny film. It uses just some terrible, terrible jokes. I don't think Zach Braff's good. I feel like I should be giving it more than a one, but I think I've convinced myself to stick with it. I'm giving it a one out of ten. Has that ever happened? No, I don't know. I, I just will, think it's awful. Just to speak directly to the audience, if they think, are we going to go to the trouble of watching this? Um, I'm My six is based on this just isn't for me, basically. But you might really enjoy it. And Chris, that's quite a, that's I know. Quite a burn from Chris there. I don't think it's a one bad. But, I mean, we always stick with that's these. That's quite different. So I've gone for an eight, which is pretty good, mm. to a one. It does feel very different, isn't it? It does feel harsh, though. Right, can animation. I, tell, tell me something I can think... Wait, no, before we do animation, tell me something I can think of that's good about this film that's going to bring that story up a bit. Because I, I feel conflicted here. I feel like I shouldn't be giving it a one, but I'm struggling to think of anything that makes me want to give it more than that. The aliens at the end. No. <laughs> Still a one. I would say... It had done its damage. A one would almost be like, you know, uh, it's just been thrown together by a bunch of idiots who don't care at all. That's it. It's a one then. Thank you. (laughs) You've resolved my thought. That's exactly it. Wow. Oh, dear. Okay. Give it a two. Give it a two. Go on. Wow. You've got to reserve one for, like, something that you, like, you hate and you think is a bit evil. What? Like, like, you know, I I, I give Toy Story four more than a one, but, like, that... Is getting into the. Uh, I I liken this film to, I liken this film to films like Monster Family that 
horrible German uh, animation that that's been dubbed oh, in English. I or, turned that off. Uh, what was I, the other one? I, I looked at Bonnie and I said she would turn this off, and she went, "Yeah." There's another one. There's another one called Super Furry Animals. It's like little balls of fur. Oh, I think that, I started watching that too. This, th- that's what this felt like to me. It felt like that quality of film, and that is, is why I've the got amazing it so animation well. section on uh, Now TV or Sky yeah. Cinema. <laughs> Uh, on a different, on a different note, for comparing it to different notes, uh, me and Bonnie watched um, How to Train Your Dragon this morning, oh, which yeah. has got quite a few similar themes, but it's so mm. much better done. Yeah, much better film. So much better. Sky, Sky have just released, released their own version of How to Train Your Dragon by the look of it as well, haven't they? Yeah, I saw that. Look at the animation hue, the characterization hue, and don't forget the background and the style. Yeah, man. Right, so if we're talking about animation and so yes. on, um, I, I'm just going to go straight back to the anthropomorphic animals. They just annoy me. It, the design of, like, Runt of the Litter, who I know you love. Um, oh, it was... They said that it, um, all the characters and buildings were made up of polygons, which is just shapes to you and me. And I think you can tell that there, a lot of them are made of preformed polygons when they've done their animation. They've just got a circle and stuck it with a triangle and a square. And a, Do you, you know, know when uh, Abby and Runt came on, I literally thought, I bet Lucy hates them. Mm. And mm-hmm. I'm not that keen on Runt. I don't like his body. No, um, I... But... Abby, she seems like she doesn't quite fit, but I guess that's kind of because she's ugly, supposed to be ugly. But um, I didn't mind her. I thought she was quite f- funny. It's the clothes and the walking upright and the eyes on the front of the head when they shouldn't be. And I know this is nitpicking, but this is... I, I universally don't like this. The exception that we will come to will be Zootopia, but I have good reasons why that's an exception to this rule. Um, we need to go back to the ident. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Because, boom, they've really gone for it with that ident. It's not just yes, like um, 3D, like, you know, when you first see Toy Story and they've made it white, but 3D, they've, you know, extruded it, and you're like, oh, that's that's nice and stylish. They've gone, like, full into it, haven't they? They've, like, they've, they've yeah, sort yeah. of, they've put brickwork on it, and they've made it really cartoony. And it's, uh, I think they went too far, but it was, uh, it's like, oh, okay. This is different. They probably planned on sticking with that as a... It looked like a very Maybe. fully formed, thought-out logo. Mm. They definitely just kind of went... It kind of spoke, look, we're doing 3D, look, we can do this mm. kind of thing, didn't it? I thought it was quite good. I thought it was all right. I quite liked it. Um, I really, really liked the world that they created. I, I, I love the quirky, angular buildings. Like I said before, I like the small town feel. I like that it, it felt like Hill Valley in Back to the Future or um, Stars Hollow in uh, in Gilmore Girls. It, it had that real feel to it, and I, I really liked that. I wasn't so bothered about the stuff later on, but I do think the interiors in the spaceship were quite interesting. Um generally I quite like the look and feel of most of it I think the character design was a bit questionable at times but none of it like made me vomit or anything Uh, some of it made me vomit (laughs) but yeah you're right there has been an effort to make it look wonky and lived in where um, you know if it's if it's your first studio CG outing you could almost forgive them for like just having like everything be boxy and straight and like oh we just have to get this done but you know Mm. there is an effort there and it it looks like it's existed for a few decades rather than they've just made it on a computer like last week. Yeah, but it comes back to that thing though, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like Disney. It it just it just doesn't. You know, if this is your first venture and you've got recognisable style, then surely translating that recognisable style into something 3D is a better way to go than creating a character like Abby who looks more in, more like she's come out of um, Ice Age than anything else yeah, in terms yeah, of character design. Mm. You know, it, it's it's a really weird thing that it feels like they've just basically gone <laughs> like the t- like the thing says we're doing things differently from now on. It literally feels like they've gone. Well, I know we've done it like this for years and years and years, but let's just completely rewrite the way we do things and do it completely different. I don't feel like I get what you're saying about the small town lived in wonkiness, but I don't feel like it's got a defined look that you your best Disney films have got. 
your best Disney films, you can um, show you show yourself a clip of anything, and you kind of know what it is because mm. the the feel goes throughout, even down to stuff like um, Aristocats and uh, 101 Dalmatians that were in the Xerox era. They've got a real, they've committed to a look. You can see one frame from Tangled, and it looks like Tangled. However, you know whether it's in the town, whether it's by the river, whether yeah. it's in the forest, it still looks like Tangled. Now with this. It just felt a bit clumsy to me. You could say it was eclectic. Mm. So like Frasier's apartment, it comes together in the fact that nothing matches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could say that. If you've ever played Generic, any... Generic, I'd say. If you've ever played any um, point-and-click style role-play computer games, mm-hmm. um, one that comes to mind that this feels a lot like is Day of the Tentacle to me. Mm. It's It's just got this kind of feel of this would make a a great computer game. <laughs> the, the whole thing feels like that to me. If you were that character, if you were Chicken Little and you were walking around and you're going and talking to all these different characters, because in that kind of world, they can be quirky and they can look completely different to each other and not fit in. And uh, the fact that you've got um, a spaceship that, that that's there and you've got this big town and it doesn't matter that even like one building can be completely different to whatever else fits in as long as it fits the narrative of, of that game. And that's what it feels like a bit to me. It feels like computer gaming graphics more than it feels like um animation i think but i don't dislike that because i have a fondness for those kind of games character animation i thought was actually very good and uh maybe i've been forgiving but for a first outing you know i was i was expecting uh it to be quite clunky or whatever but actually yeah, yeah. uh the movement's good it's you know it, Looks like you know it's from people who know what they're doing. Well, you say that to say that half of the um, half of the animators had only switched from two D to three D mm. eighteen mm. months before they started work on it. It's very impressive. That bit where he's running for home base and his head's back and his massive giant helmet is flopping around <laughs> on his head and his little legs yeah. are going. It's 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 so good. It's so nicely done and then in cute. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's good. there's some good stuff in it. I agree. And, and again, the, the, the little aliens at the end are, are quite cute and nice. Chicken Little, like you said, is a very, very cute character. I even quite like the way that the, the designs of the, of the beefed-up characters in the Hollywood version of them as well, the way that they've kind of gone to make him all muscular and stuff. And, mm. and that just it works, works very nicely. I, I, um, I was pleasantly surprised by the animation, I'd have to say. Those Generally. eyes that we were talking about at the end, they felt Warner Brothersy, really Warner Brothersy. Classic, you know, uh, the one where uh, Bugs Bunny's uh, he goes to that like mad scientist's house and there's that big red hairy thing chasing him. Mm. Oh Had yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. That. And Marvin the Martian yeah. eyes as well. Yeah, yeah. All that. I just like it really like suddenly struck me like I felt like I was watching a Warner Brothers film. Hmm. Suddenly, and you're right. It kind of that in particular doesn't seem to fit with the rest of it. No, like you were saying, Lucy, before. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, I liked it. and It was quite iconic looking scene. I say iconic, like no, no one ever cites this. I've never seen a, a gif of it on Twitter. No, I, I still don't entirely get the whole War of the Worlds sort of feel of of the aliens in there. Armour? Is it armour? I guess that's mm. kind of what it is. And I, what I they're don't... actually doing going around the town smashing everyone, because is it, are they punishing the town? Oh, we're back to story, really, aren't we? But they're meant to be looking for that one alien, who would mm. be quite easy to find if they were looking for him. But they just go around smashing everything and zapping everyone. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually a bit like, even though I, I sort of love 50, 50s sci-fi and, you know, that you know how kitsch it is and stuff, but um, when they kind of came out and they looked a bit, yeah, tripody, I was a bit disappointed. I thought, oh, okay. Mm. Uh, but the thing is, like, I'm trying to work out, like, when this came out, was that already old hat, or is it old hat now? Yeah, it probably was old hat. Well, then, Day of the it? Triffids is a very old book, isn't it? When was Day of the yeah, Triffids? Yeah, but like par- parodying it is that old hat? Oh, okay. In I don't know. I mean, it, it's a it's a funny thing though because let's be honest, Disney have, at that at this period in time are very good at using people who are way out of date and making references that are way out of date. The fact that in this film we they, it, 
one of the shock moments is is um, is Runt saying uh, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Well, that, how old's that film to mm. to put that reference in there? I mean, I know that that the the prequel trilogy was was popular at that point in time, but I still oh well popular, but I still don't understand where that where that reference comes from. Why they do that and the songs that they re- reference throughout. And I know we'll talk about this in music, but nothing's current to that time none of it feels like it's sitting in a specific time it all feels like it's somebody who has a sense of humor from a long time ago um trying to somehow make themselves relevant in that period it's just it's a bit weird it just doesn't feel like it fits at all or is it timeless no it's not timeless (laughs) (laughs) do you want to mark the animation then how are you feeling yeah yeah i'll kick it off Right, and I've cool. given it a big fat eight again because I think I almost went in expecting it to be bad. I know that's not a good enough reason, but um, it did leave me feeling surprised and watching it and thinking, no, this all it all holds up. Sixteen years later, I think it does. Um, the Ch- Chicken Little is lovely. Um, the town is believable. The catch animation is good, and the lighting. I took note. The lighting is very decent. Eight. Hmm. Uh, the thing for me about the animation is, we've, we've this point in time, we've had The Incredibles, we've had Nemo, Cars is on its way. If you think about the quality of that animation, mm. we're talking about, you know, the Disney Animation Studios being the top of their game for, in fact, the top of everyone's game for a hell of a long time. And right now, they are not number one. In fact, from a, C, from a 3D point of view, they're far from it. And so I find it difficult to give it give it a really high score because I don't think they're doing themselves justice. Um, it's not so much about about the way it looks. I, I do think the character design is questionable, but I, like I said before, I do like that. I, I really like the quirky angular buildings. I like all that. I like that nothing quite fits right. And there are definitely things to enjoy about it, but it just doesn't particularly engage me. Um, I'm going to give it a six. I completely agree with everything you're saying, Chris. Um, and I think because we've gone sequentially through the classics, it's easy to get trapped in there. Oh, wow, they went straight from Home on the Range to this. How amazing. Mm. But we've forgotten all the other studios. You know, DreamWorks and whoever did Ice Age and all that, you know. Blue Sky. Blue yeah. Sky. What what they've been achieving in the intervening, intervening decade. And Disney are just way behind the curve. Um, it's very competent CG animation. The world building does nothing for me. Some of the characters are cute and good. A lot of them are downright offensive to look at. So I'm going to give it a five. There we are. Music then. Well, it's mainly you've got your score and then yeah. you've got pop music, haven't you? There's, uh, pop music has got quite a big character in here. Mm-hmm. I think the scoring is pretty decent. Personally, I, I think the yeah. scoring itself is quite good. It's, but, um, uh, it's a party playlist thing, isn't it? But who's party? Like, well, someone who's... <laughs> the, the problem with these is... Who doesn't like uh, music? <laughs> yeah. Whenever, whenever you have the, like these kind of jukebox films, um, it's always songs that I really don't enjoy. And like, maybe I'm <laughs> like, you know, it's all like stuff that's like just a bit older than me. Like um, bare naked ladies. Well, well, well. I was going to say, kicking off with that one little slip. I love that song. Yeah, I, I think I went into this film in like a really good mood. You know, <laughs> uh, it was Thursday afternoon. I wasn't working. Um, one little slip comes on. I'm like, I'm liking this. You know, on a sunny day in February. You know, I was fully on board. It felt, and then also it felt kind of nostalgic as well. 2005 is already like feeling massively nostalgic. 16 years later. So when I hear bare naked ladies, it takes me back a bit, you know. So and it's a feel good mm. song. Um, but then you get like "We Are the Champions," uh, "Wannabe," "It's the End of the World as We Know It," "I Will Survive," "Ain't a Man High Enough." Don't go breaking my heart 
Oh, mm. I'm just not not interested. That Joss Stone song's terrible as well. well she sings like a ballady song. It's awful. Oh <laughs> yeah, well yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you meant stir it up. There with, is with Patti LaBelle and Joss Stone. One yeah, that's original. The one. It's awful. There is one original. Is it not a ballad? <laughs> no, it's an eighties upbeat. Yeah, which is awful. Whatever it is, it's well, awful. I like that. But I'd, probably, oh, I'd no. probably prefer the original because it had a more of an 80s flavour. Lucas, Lucas is quite 80s, excited, though. They kept a lot of the 80s flavour in it. In fact, I just thought, is this yeah. just a straight, like, lift? But then I looked and it was a cover, but it still sounded really 80s. Yeah, well, Lucas was quite excited because Joss Stone um, was sausage in the, in the Masked Singer. She was, she was the winner of the Masked Singer last week. So ah. when when he found out it was Joss Stone, it was like, oh, that's, that's Joss Stone. And there yeah. was one original song, wasn't there? As he's kind of getting on the bus and going through town and it was a I will get back up again kind of song. I don't know. Mm. That one little slip was new, wasn't it? Bare Naked Ladies one. Yeah, I think it was, it yeah. must have been. It's oh, maybe it, that's the one I'm thinking Because it's right at the top of the film. Yeah, yeah. It probably is the same bit, actually, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the bit I'm thinking of. Uh, not much else to say, really. Um, I I wrote, this is like an episode of Holmes Under the Hammer. They, they, they <laughs> oh, mentioned something quite, and then they... Not that quite specific. Well, uh, yeah, but it's the end of the world as we know it. Mm-hmm. Well, as the aliens descend, these pretty Holmes Under the Hammer. Bonnie said, this is a grim song. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, like you say about jukebox musicals, we... This week, I've watched both Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And the mixtape is a character in itself within both Mm. those films. And the choice of songs is just brilliant. Every single song. Go on. I'm the same. That would be one of the examples I was talking about before. Um, There's a a handful that I like in the Galaxy films, but people love those songs. They're not for me. They're all Mm. songs that are kind of... Maybe my uncle might have liked him because he's, you know, he's like twenty years older, and uh, I was like, oh, I don't. They really work in the film, I, Well, this is what I was going to say. I don't have to like the um, music itself. The character that I'm watching has to like the music, and I don't like all the songs out Guardians of the Galaxy, but I like that the character likes it, and it tells you. And there's some really good highlighted moments with it. Yeah. Now they try to do a similar thing here. And it's basically just vehicles for bad jokes, in my opinion. Every single song, even songs I like, every song is a vehicle for a bad joke. It's just mm. a hodgepodge, isn't it? Mm. It's like, it's it's aimless. Yeah. Yeah, entirely. It's mm. like, it, it's too broad to the point where I don't know who this soundtrack would appeal to. Because you've got stuff from the 70s to... Mid, mid-noughties I just looked on iTunes actually to see if it, I could get a track list in to talk about it and it's not on iTunes <laughs> so this album was definitely released in 2005 because that was part of the research I did but it's not currently available but a lot of the a lot of the songs as well a, a lot of it is characters singing it isn't it like singing snippets like Wannabe and mm. um, and stuff even that's just it's it's just horrible. It's horrible. Oh, I take it, it back. I found it. I take it back. I found it. It is here. Wow. I, won't, I bet it doesn't get many listens. <laughs> it, n- yeah. Right, should we score it then? I know it's one of the tracks was called Dad Apologises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Chris? Uh, I'm giving it a four. I think it's bland. Um, the overall scoring's all right, but but apart from that, I'm just not bothered about any of it. Blah. I agree, and I think I've said enough, so far from me too. Uh, I generally don't like them, but there are a couple of barnstormers in there for me, which is One Little Slip, and I do like that Patti LaBelle uh, song with Joss Stone, uh, Stir It Up. And that's just enough for me to just just push it into a seven. Oh, which is like, so... eh, it's all right. Yeah. Tell us seven, then, Hugh. Seven, Huey, really? Right. Yep. Uh... Right, I'm just going to top <laughs> these up. Uh, so... Right, while you do, I'm going to give you some facts and some figures. Um, so, big question about this, was it a success? Well, the answer is 
in short, yes, it was a very a good box office success. It was number one at the box office in both its first and its second weekend, and that was the first Disney animated film to do that since Lion like King. It. Since Lion King, ten years. Now, you th we just expect every Disney film to go to number one with no questions asked, don't we? Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's bad news. Well, that's good news. That's good news for this. Um, it grossed 314.4 worldwide, reversing the trend of underperforming that had lasted throughout the noughties. Um, but the most important question is how did Cars do? Cars got 462 million. So... It whooped its bum, basically. Just a little. Yeah, and as we all know, at this point, Pixar did not renew its contract with Disney. They went their own way, and it was down to Bob Iger, I think only sort of like four or five years later, to come down on bended knee and try to get them back again. And paid massively over the odds. Anyway, I want to read this um, rather wonderful critics' review to you, Chris, to see if you agree. A hectic, uninspired pastiche of catchphrases and clichés with very little wit, inspiration or originality. Wow. Yeah. So even though it had outperformed the last few films in terms of box office, it was the lowest rating in terms of critical response. It was panned by the critics. IMDb give it a slanderous 5.7 from IMDb. They never go below a 6.5. Wow. The critics on um, Rotten Tomatoes give it 37% and the audience are only a smidge kinder with 47%. But wow. what did 37 Disney Street think? 57 57. 57. We're right on the nose with that IMDb. Is, that is one above Toy Story 4 and one below <laughs> Aristocats. The Aristocats. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> um, oh. I think 57's so fine. So your mid-50s, we're talking Treasure Planet, Star Wars Holiday Special. What else we got in here? Ichabod and Mr. Toad's 53. So... It's better than it. It's not as good as Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I think that's been woefully dropped. As that. Mind you, actually, no, the Toad bit of that film is pretty bad. Mistress yeah. of Evil, 54. Have we updated our chart recently? I mean, we're I update it every, every week. Every, every week, do you? I think so, yeah. There might be a couple missing, but yeah. Because I think, I sometimes think we're really harsh, but I think if we laid them all out in order, I would still agree with things. Yeah, maybe give or take a couple of marks either way. Yeah, I, th I think fifty-seven's fair. I think it is. Because if you think of every film Disney have ever made and the high quality, the Snow Whites and the Little Mermaids that are out there, I do think I do think it's that bad. <laughs> if I'm honest, <laughs> as I do with a lot, because I'm thinking I don't remember hating Aristocrats that Aristocats that much that it'd be down there with this. Um, and I enjoy Aristocats, but I think in the scope of things, in the scope of the universe, it's probably in the right place. Probably. 2006, Lucy, that's when, when Disney bought Pixar. That's a year later, isn't it? It's one year. Um, Planes was released of the cat. They did lose it, though. They did lose Pixar because they had to release a couple without... Well, I think the only one. They, they released mm -hmm. one film that wasn't associated. I don't know, but but yeah, 2006 when, when Disney bought Pixar, so that's, that's only planes a year later. Disney, isn't it? I yeah, need to Disney's Planes. We... Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But it's in the Cars universe. Mm. Yeah, so they took the, they took the anim they took the universe, basically, and they, they kept it, and they did it without Pixar, and then got Pixar back pretty sharpish. I need to look into it because there was a thing where they severed ties and then Bob Iger mm. became CEO and it was his first mission was to get them back again. I thought oh. there'd been a bigger gap. Favourite bits? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's just Chicken Little in his giant helmet. Yeah, that's appealing. It's well cute. Yeah, all right, that's quite Fuzzy cute. aliens with swirling eyes and we'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, Cry Factor. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. He really loves it. I don't know why they just can't be together. 
<laughs> Hugh's cry factor. Uh, it's not. It's not a. It's not a giant one. But um, even though it is corny, and I know we discussed like how it doesn't really work in the context of the film, I did find the "I can do it." You've got to believe me this time. I do, son. It got you know that that that's a lump in the throat. It's corny, but it's a three. Now I was going to do that quicker, but you know um, I'm doing that with a pencil, and you know the bit bit between the rubber and the metal that holds the yeah. rubber in, um, mm-hmm. it got caught on a hair. So, oh, I, so when I pulled away, there was a sting, yeah. there was a sting and a delay. Do you think we put a lot of disclaimers into this uh, into this show? I just think the simplest, <laughs> the joy of radio is that they don't need to know no, stuff no, like this. Yeah. Is what I like to. This is what I enjoy when I listen to things: is people going, you know, oh, I just got my hair, and like you know, when they describe the bit between the rubber and the metal, I'd go, oh yeah, I can imagine a hair getting stuck in there. Oh, <laughs> so I'd just like to apologise for the amount of apologies and excuses that we make <laughs> yeah. um, throughout these episodes uh, because uh, we do it a lot. <laughs> right, well, um, next time we come back, we're, we're going to have something very special, aren't we? Because we're going to watch Raya and the Last oh, Dragon. I thought you were talking about the wild. I, I'm getting oh, no. quite excited about this. I was quite lukewarm about the trailer, but I'm excited. Oh, is it because we've just watched Chicken Little? So you, you... <laughs> you can only go up from there. Mm, but, but Well, no, because we've got the wild coming, and, and um, I imagine, I don't know... But everywhere I've read said it is the worst Disney film ever made. I can't so wait. I, I'm quite looking forward to seeing if it's as bad as they say, or if it's just Madagascar. Or if it's just um, boring. Yeah, mm. I hope it's not just boring. Boring, yeah. boring, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to watch Ryan and the Last Dragon. I think we're going to try technical things uh, and fingers Allowing. crossed and everything mm. to, to put it onto YouTube as well. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, you can catch lots of stuff on YouTube, actually, can't you? So we've got a, a fortnightly show called 37 Quizney Street, where Lucy asks us lots of questions, and Hugh and I get them all wrong, uh, which is quite fun. That comes out every other Wednesday. The no, last episode not... was last week. Oh. We get most of them wrong. Yeah, sorry, yes, most of them wrong. <laughs> actually, we've got 50% at least right this, this uh, series so far. That's yeah. true. So we're actually getting more of them right. Um, we've also got other content on there Lucy's been doing a, a um... oh DVC. gosh I can't get words out thank you DVC <laughs> breakdown yep that um, and I've been doing some book reviews as well we've got a prize to give away which I'll be doing this week on my new book review when it comes out um, and uh, yeah we'll be back in a fortnight with Raya and the Last Dragon uh, speak to you soon bye <laughs> <laughs> bless you children <laughs> 